You're listening to Inward with Rabbi Joey Rosenfeld on the Shefa Podcast Network. Join Rabbi Joey as he guides us through the world and major works of Kabbalah, Hasidic masters, and Jewish philosophy, shedding light on the inner life of the soul. Okay, so Be'ezras Hashem, we are continuing with our series of Shirim on the unknowable head, Reishad Lois Yada. And today what we're going to be speaking about is some of the basic material needed to understand the placement of Malchus, the role that Malchus plays in the system of the Arizal and the system of reality. And then as we better understand the role of Malchus, we then come upon the radical nature of Reishad Lois Yada. We then come upon the secret what the Rebbe speaks so openly about, and what the Kamarna Rebbe spoke so deeply about, and what the Rebbe Rashab spoke about, and what the Nefshachayim spoke about, and what the Gros spoke about, what's referred to as Malchus HaGnuza Biradla, the fact that Malchus, as we're going to see, the manifestation of things, the thing in its actuality, is ultimately rooted in a place beyond any possibility of actuality. So what we're going to find is that actuality and reality and existence are rooted in a place that can't fully express themselves in existence, that can't fully express themselves in actuality, leading us directly into that innermost point of paradox that we encounter throughout the Torah and throughout the Shirim, is that that which is most stable in our lives, that which is most present in our lives, is ultimately rooted in that which is most infinite, that which is most distant, that which is most removed from grasp. And the way that we balance this act, the way that we dance with this, is to every moment of encountering something real, something measurable, something certain, something identifiable, something that is rooted in knowledge. At the very core, we come to the awareness that at the very same moment, there's a fate beyond knowledge here. There's an instability beyond stability. There's an unreasonability behind everything that rests just under the reasonability. This is the secret of Purim, that ultimately, no matter how rational things appear, it's ultimately by chance, it's ultimately the way that HaKadosh Baruch wanted it to be, beyond any possibility of human understanding or grasp. And this notion of the Malchus HaGnuz Baradla, as we're going to see throughout the Shirim, really is one of the most potent therapeutic tools, again, as we're speaking in accordance with the teachings of the Baal Shem Tov, of Mebisari Echazeh, that the notion of Malchus HaGnuz Baradla takes all of the experiences that we so often associate with Malchus, things that are devoid of meaningfulness, things that are devoid of joy, things that are devoid of intensity, things that are devoid of feeling, things that just are, they are the way that they are. All of these different iterations of human experience through the lens of Malchus, we tend to see those things as secondary spiritual experiences. We tend to see those places as stuck. We tend to see those places as insignificant. But in truth, what we're going to see from the Arizal, what we're going to see from the teachings of the Tzadikim and the Rebbe, is that that which is grasped, that which is present, that which is malchus, is in truth rooted in the most unfathomable place of faith, faith beyond knowledge, a place of not being able to pin down exactly what I'm referring to. And when we're able to realize that what I'm so certain about, the difficult things in this world, the malchus of the moment, when I'm able to relinquish the demands for control and my absolute knowledge over what is what and what's good for me and what's not good for me and what's good for the world and what's not good for the world, when I relinquish my grasp of control and knowing 
So I enter into a place of faith. I enter into the possibility that that which rests beyond my rational grasp is in truth greater than what I could have imagined. And this is the secret of the Malchus Agnubuzah Barad Law. In those places of doubt, in those places that appear to be devoid of connectivity to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, in those places that appear to be devoid of value, those places that seem wasted, those days that seem wasted, in truth, what Malchus Agnubuzah Barad Law teaches us is that those moments are in truth. Why do they look unreasonable? Why do they look unreasonable? They look unreasonable. They look invaluable. They look insignificant, not because there's no significance there, not because there's no meaning there, not because there's no light there, but rather the light that is there is so blinding and it's so saturating. And the meaning that is rooted there is of such a high level, it's beyond our capability of meaning or our grasp of meaning, that it appears below, down here in our lives, as something insignificant, as something boring, as something painful, et cetera, et cetera. But when we can elevate this place of meaninglessness, of emptiness, back to the true source of infinitude, which by definition is devoid of meaning as well, because meaning is limiting. And therefore, this meaninglessness that a person encounters down here is in truth read it in the most powerful expression of meaninglessness, which is Vadas, which is the fact that all that exists is the infinite, which means that everything that expresses itself in a person's life, no matter how devoid it is of content or significance, is in truth an opportunity to encounter the deepest, most potent expression of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's infinite light as possible. And to speak about this, so first let's start with Malchus. Malchus, but there are is the end of the Seder Ashtalshalus. When we look at the Seder Ashtalshalus, and I'm going to go through the details, I'm going to try and speak slower, but I'm going to go through the details of where Malchus comes from and how we see Malchus Agnuzabaradla, that in truth Malchus comes from the place of Rashid Lois Yada. And we're going to come to understand Rashid Lois Yada in the context of the system of the Arizal so that we can prepare ourselves to go into the next series of Shiram in this, which is the applicability and the different sugyos with regards to Rashid Lois Yada. So when it comes to Malchus, Malchus is the expression of something. Malchus is Aleph Dalid Nun Yud. It's Hashem's name as it is written, as opposed to as it is, I'm sorry, it is Hashem's name as it is spoken, as opposed to as it is written. It is the revelation of things when the inside, which is being revealed, is not fully revealed. Malchus is a gate through which the inner content shines itself forth, but the content that goes through the gate only reminds us that there's something behind the gate. Malchus is never the full thing, or at least at first glance, it never appears to be the full thing. It's the machsis hashekel, it's half, it's always a chatzi, it's always imperfect, it's always leis lemagar meklum. Malchus as manifestation, as the presencing of something, is ungraspable, doesn't have any content of its own. It represents kingship, it represents the capacity of a king to have his power over a particular space or a particular entity. But the notion of that power is not something of definable character. It's simply all of the elements of the king that are being revealed through this notion of his kingship. But the notion of his kingship, the name of the king itself, doesn't represent anything in and of itself, but rather it is the sum total of all the previously developed content, which is now being expressed through the notion of Malchus. So Malchus is insignificant in the sense that it doesn't, it doesn't, carry itself with any particular way. It doesn't express itself in any particular way. When we look at the spheros, we can have Keser, Chachma, Bina, Chesed, Purit, Tferes, Netzach, Hoid, and Yesoid. All of these elements are expressive. Keser is desire, is Ratzon, Chachma is wisdom, Bina is understanding, Das is knowledge, Chesed is 
loving kindness, expansivity, Gvura is limitation, Teferis is the beauty of contradiction and the contradiction of beauty, Netzach is power, endurance, Hod is gratitude, powerlessness, Yesod is connectivity, all of those are active principles. Those are the things, the formation, the internal formation that develops the thing into what it is. Malchus is the giloy of all of that. Malchus is the site, the makom and the zman in which all of that pre-developed content that took place within the inner interiority of the previous heroes are now being revealed. So nothing new is being revealed in Malchus. Malchus is simply the stamp that is conveying the image that is developed within the stamp. So Malchus is empty. Malchus doesn't provide anything of itself. Malchus, as we said, is the notion of ani. It's the sense of the ego and the sense of being separated from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Malchus also because it doesn't bear any inherent quality to itself. So we see that Malchus is susceptible to all sorts of difficulties. Malchus falls, Malchus goes into exile, Malchus is that place that because it's not expressive, because it's not offering anything of its own, it does not stand dependent on any circumstances. It doesn't have any circumstances that it needs in order to express itself. And therefore Malchus, as a result of the independence of itself, which is the birthplace of a sense of ani, a birthplace of the sense of I feel completely disconnected from any source above me and therefore I must be something, I must be a yesh, I must be an ich, I must have an ani, I must be an ego that's separate from the influence that comes from above, from the orient sof that's yorid. So this leads to the descent of Malchus into worlds of separation. Malchus can congeal into feeling that it is stuck. It's no longer connected to the illumination from above. And as it congeals into that place of descent of Malchus, so Malchus undergoes a certain engagement with chitzonim, and Malchus could fall, Malchus could fall in Dibor, Malchus is Dibor because speech is a revelation, speech is the sum total of the process of my thinking as it is at the ready to express itself externally, and it's specifically at that place I can lose my speech, I can fall into a babble of language, my body is Malchus because the body is also not revealing anything of its own, but rather it is expressing all of the sum total of functioning and processes that lead to the most externalized moment, and that most externalized moment of Malchus, that graspability, that thing that is actually taking place, the, the thisness of it all, the zos, the zos yavaron, that thing itself which is encountered in its realness, in the real itself where I encounter time, space, or object relationality. So in those places, I'm encountering malchus, and it appears to be empty existence. It appears to be devoid, and as a result of it appearing to be devoid, it can fall down into disarray, can fall down into concealment. So in addition to the in addition to the Sphira model of Kesser, all the way down to Malchus, we also have in Oilam Hatikun, uh, the Partsufim, which are going to be the parts of, of Atik Yoimen and Archanpin, as we discussed, Abba, which is going to be Chachma, Ima, which is going to be Bina, Zeranpin, which is going to be the Midos of Teferis, Chesen, uh, Gvura, Teferis, Netzach, and Yisoid, and we're going to have Malchus, the parts of a Malchus or the Nukva of Zeranpin. So both are going to be true. Whether we're talking about the 10th Sphere or whether we're talking about the 5th parts of Malchus is just the Giloi of everything that preceded it to the degree that it appears to be independent from any necessity of operating in any particular way because it offers nothing but but things that were offered through it and therefore malchus is susceptible to falling and malchus is susceptible to being stuck and and leading us to a place of difficulty and exhaustion and and confusion and doubt and and ulai all of the different names a person could look at any of this farm and see how malchus is described it's the element of existence that appears to be devoid it appears to be stuck it appears to be empty and it's also as we're going to see the point at which meaning emerges but now with that understood with that basic element of malchus understood 
we can look at the other side of Malchus. There's another side of Malchus, because as we said, the Ani of Malchus, the Ani of Malchus, which is that sense of selfhood, which appears to be disconnected from a source above. Now, that is symptomatic of a concealment of Malchus. On the chitzonius of Malchus, at the externalization of Malchus, Malchus appears to be devoid of any inner content. It appears to just, it appears to just be the externalization of things, the manifestation of things that are devoid of any pulsational infinite light that rests at the core of it. But as our tzaddikim point out, as we've pointed out already in last week's year, the notion of ani is also deeply rooted in ayin. And that the very same material that creates the notion of ani, that creates the notion of self, that creates the notion of an ego that is separate from its source, is in truth the very same material that composes ayin, that composes nothingness. And the translucency of the self at its core and the unknowability of the self at its core is ultimately rooted in the loftiest place imaginable, that place of nothingness. And so what appears to be devoid of meaning, what appears to be empty, malchus, which appears to descend down, down, down into the worlds of separation, fragmentation, and disillusionment. So ultimately, we're going to see that those very symptoms are also rooted in the highest place. And that's the ayin. That's the nothingness of malchus. And what's the nothingness of malchus? How could it be that malchus is nothingness if we just said that malchus is manifestation? But as we're going to see within the midah of malchus, within the midah of David Melech, the very emptiness of Malchus down here, the very absence of Malchus down here, the very presence of presence itself, which appears to be devoid of any inner content prior to presence, that's really rooted in the place that is far beyond our rational grasp, and that's going to be referred to as Malchus de Ein Sof. Malchus de Ein Sof. So here's where a language like this to describe Malchus de Ein Sof is based on the Arizal and Sharmembeis. So we know that prior to the creation of the world, there's only Or Sof. There was only Or Sof prior to the creation of the world, and we're not going into the sugya of the Tzimtzum, even though the Tzimtzum is also just another expression of Malchus. But today we're going to talk about the fact that there's Or Sof. There's Ein Sof. Now, Ein Sof is never the absolute revelation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence, Kaviachol, because as we know, we can't ever fully grasp HaKadosh Baruch Hu's essence. Kedushasi Lamalamik Dushasechem, Hashem's transcendence is always perpetually beyond the grasp of human ability. It doesn't mean that it's because we're deficient. It means ultimately because that's the, the very truth of being a creation, that creation cannot reach the creator itself, that there always will be a gap. There will always be a separation, a void at which faith will need to traverse that void to build that Gesher Tzar Ma'od Ma'od that allows us to bridge what we can't grasp and, and the place of grasping. That's the secret of The infinitude of Kaddish Baruch Hu's light is always transcendent to the grasp of human finitude. No matter how refined finitude can become, no matter how lofty along the ends, the, the ladder of spiritual growth a person grows, in the end of the day they will always come back to a place of realizing that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's holiness is beyond me and that I can't grasp the essence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and I don't know anything and 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 all of the things that we're going to talk about. That's Ein Sof. The secret of the secret of the Tzimtzum the secret of the tzimtzum is the ability for that infinitude, that infinitude of a Kaddish Baruch Hu's light to now descend down into some element of human graspability, for it to now descend down into limitation, to descend down into separation, into the vessels of capacity of being named and grasped and having names put to them. This transition from the Bilti Gvul into the Gvul Kavyachal, this transition from the Or Ein Sof into the Gvul, into the Seder Ashtalshalus, is the secret of what all of the tzaddikim are coming to teach us, in particular the Arizal. 
that the infinite needs to express in the finite, because for it to truly be infinite, it has to have the capacity to express infinitude as well, as we've spoken about in the past, that there's a secret of the potential towards limitation as it exists in pure potential itself. In, I'm sorry, the koyach the potency towards limitation as it exists in the unlimited itself, as we've learned from Rabbi Azriel, from Rav Kook, from the Leshem. But in order for the infinite to express itself, there needs to be an interface. There needs to be a point, a mamutza, a bridge that is both relegated to the upper realms of infinitude, as well as the lower realms of finitude. In order for there to be a healthy transformation, a transference that doesn't create a severing from one level to another, it would be easy for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to be infinite and then create a separate finite thing. But that's the opposite of what HaKadosh Baruch Hu does. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to allow the light of the infinite to express itself in the finite itself without the finite negating its value as finite, nor the value of the infinite losing its potency of infinitude. It's not like a builder who builds a chair with their strength and then is able to walk away from the chair and the chair will continue to be in existence. The secret of Ha'atzalah, the secret of Atzilus, is that a Kaddish Baruch Hu's essence, Kav Yachol, is being revealed in every single moment, that a Kaddish Baruch Hu's infinite light is the very fabric of existence. It's simply a transmission of one level to another till the light becomes congealed in a way that it begins to express itself as physical matter, in the congealing process, as the Arizal points out, in the process of binyan hakelim in the oilam ha'akudim, that in truth, all there is is light, but that light thickens. Because once we're able to allow the infinite light to express itself with infinitude, so then finitude can revert back to the infinite light very quickly. We are never far from the origin. The origin is always present with us, which enables us to bring Mashiach Tekev Umiyad, which enables us to bring Or Ein Sof down here in this moment right now when I realize that nothing has really ever changed from the beginning, that all there is is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. All there was was a Kaddish Baruch Hu. All there is was a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And all there will be is a Kaddish Baruch Hu. And this interface, and we spoke about this interface process, this mamutza last week with regard to Kesser, where we said that Atik Yemen and Arach Anpin, just as Kesser is the bridge between the upper levels that are relegated to infinitude and the lower levels that are relegated to finite, so too Kesser has to have a bridge. It has to have Atik Yemen and Arach Anpin. Atik Yemen is Shaykh to the upper world. It's the Malchus of the higher world. And Arach Anpin is going to be the Kesser of the lower world, the Aniva Ayin. So too, we have, by Or Ein Sof, a transitionary space, a Gesher Tzar which is going to serve both poles. It's going to be rooted in the infinite. It's going to still be within Ein Sof, Kav but it is also going to open up the possibility of Tzimtzum. It's also going to open up the possibility of Sof and Dargan and Measure. And... In describing this, the Arizal used the language of the transition point being referred to as Malchus de Ensof Kavyachol. Malchus de Ensof. Ki'ilu that we don't have access to Ensof. We don't have access to the infinite light of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, which transcends all human graspability. But as, just as Malchus is always referred to as expression, just as Malchus is always just the outer lip of something that extends itself outwards to be grasped by something other than itself, within the concept of or in Sokav Yachol, within the concept of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's infinity, the beginning, the lip of the mind, the capacity of the mind to reach higher, 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 and higher until it reaches the final frontier at which it can reach no more because to reach otherwise would to be B'mufla Mimcha Al-Tidrosh, don't go beyond what the human mind is capable of grasping, that lip is referred to as Malchus De'en Sof. It's the Malchus, it's the expression of Ein Sof. It's the expression of the infinite. Now, 
the expression of the infinite is obviously a, a paradox in terms because the infinite is inexpressible. But nevertheless, the miracle of Malchus de Ein Sof is as if the Or Ein Sof could be deemed as something that is underneath the capacity of revelation and the Malchus de Ein Sof is being revealed. It's the beginning of the, of the revelation of Or Ein Sof. And then there's going to be the Tzimtzum. The Tzimtzum, the Or Ein Sof that we deal with, the Or Ein Sof that we're talking about is the Malchus de Or Ein Sof. And the Malchus de Or Ein Sof is what's going to be revealed in all of the worlds. And so the Malchus de Ein Sof is the highest thing that we can possibly grasp. It's the highest level. It's the point of contact where the finite world has some semblance of a grasp of the infinitude of, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu B'chavayi And the reason is because Malchus is Amuna. Malchus is Amuna, and all we can do is have Amuna. All we can do is be Machayev the, the Bayer. All we can do is affirm the Machayev HaMetzius, which is HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and everything else is about having Amuna. Everything else is about Amuna. So the Malchus Dein Sof is the fact that the interface between the finite realms of graspability and the infinite realms of ingraspability is going to be Malchus Dein Sof. Now, this Malchus Dein Sof now begins to be the first instantiation of Malchus. Then we have Malchus go further down. Malchus goes further down, and again, we're skipping a lot of the Seder Ashtalshalist because we're focusing on the development of Malchus right now. And then what happens is we find the Tzimtzum and we find the Kav and we find the development of Adam Kadmon. Now, Adam Kadmon is the first instantiation of vessels and manifestation where Kaddish Baruch was going to reveal himself through concealment, through a concealed way. And in this place of Adam Kadmon, in this place of Adam Kadmon, what we have is Oros. We can't talk about the light as it exists in Adam Kadmon. That's already a light. And again, all of this has to be with all of the pre-considerations that we're not talking about anything other than what the Arizal wrote. We're using the language of the Arizal to be Ma'oyer, what the Arizal said, but we're not being Magshim, God forbid, with all the, the necessary introductions. But what happens in Adam Kadmon is that the inner lights are, are incapable of being expressed because of their lofty level and the infinitude within them. And so all we have are the Oros that are Yotse from the orifices, from the face of Adam Kadmon. And there we have Oris of Achap. We have Ois and Choytempe. So we have the lights that come out of the ears of Adam Kadmon, the lights that come out of the nose of Adam Kadmon, and we have the lights that come out of the mouth of Adam Kadmon. Now the mouth of Adam Kadmon is Oilam Ha'akudim. Oilam Ha'akudim, the beginning of revelation. The beginning of vessels, the beginning of containment, where light can be contained in vessels. It's the first stage prior to Oilam Hanakudim, which is Shira, but the emergence of vessels, the emergence of something being graspable in reality, the emergence of the infinite light being grasped, is first and foremost now going to express itself in Oilam Ha'akudim. And Oilam Ha'akudim is a profoundly remarkable place, and Ezra Sashem will be able to give Shiram on them at length, at length, at length. It's everything. Oilam Ha'akudim is everything. The secret of Mati Veloy Mati, the secret of Lachiris and Barab, the secret of all it, secret of Luvan Ha'elion, of Lavan Ha'arami. But in our case, the Malchus of Adam Kadmon is Oilam Ha'ikudim. It's the mouth of Adam Kadmon, Kabyachol. It's the Oiris that are Yotze from the Peh of Adam Kadmon. It's the Oiris of Malchus. The Peh, the mouth, is always going to be Malchus oriented because when I speak, when I, when I say something, when I express something, I am finalizing a process of contemplation and experience in my own inner experiences that is now being finalized by being expressed outwardly. I can feel a certain way, I can feel infinite different ways in my Myself, but once I put it into language, those words have been placed and those words have now been revealed. Dibor, the mouth, is always associated with Malchus. Lashon Hara is a pagam in Malchus. It's the biggest pagam available because it's the pagam in the in the most basic structure of all things. 
but Malchus is the expression of the mouth. Malchus Peh, as the Tikkun Ezzara tells us. Torah Shabal Peh is Malchus, as opposed to Torah Shabal Sab, which is Zer Anpin, because the mouth, oral processes, are are referred to as Malchus. So Olam HaAkudim, the Malchus of Adam Kadmon, is the next place that we're going to encounter Malchus. So we see Or in Sof, then we see the Malchus in Sof, then it goes down to Malchus of Adam Kadmon. In the Malchus of Adam Kadmon, so Malchus is still operating in a very lofty place. Malchus is being revealed to be what it truly is, is the Evan Masu Habanim Haisli Roshpina. It's the one that is despised because of ex externalization, but in truth, in its roots, it's rooted in the highest place. It's the Aishas Chayala Teres It's the thing that appears to be devoid of meaning that is ultimately going to be shown to be the height of meaning itself. After the Malchus of Adam Kadmon, after after Olam HaAkudim, what we have is the, the world of, of Nikudim. We have the, the world of Partsufim. We have Shriya Sakelim and we have Olam HaTikun. We have the Binyan of the Partsufim and Olam HaAtzilus, which becomes the interface between the infinite realms and how we draw it down into the worlds of separation. So that's where we go from the Ten Spheros model, where the Shira took place, into the parts of model, where there's a balancing act, where each and everything is giving shape to its opposite and through the mutual support and the counterbalance of each other and the hisklalus viskashus, we have the secret of the parts of the the development of parts that reveal a whole that are greater than the sum total of the parts and over here we have the parts of and we have the parts of, of atak and arach anpin we have the parts of, of Chachma. So just physically to imagine it, Arach Anpin Kesser is going to be the cranium. It's going to be the two parts of the cranium, Atik Yoimen and Arach Anpin. It's going to be in the center. Kesser and Das, they are the center line. Then the right brain is going to be associated with Chachma, which is going to be the parts of, of Abba. The left brain is going to be associated with Ima, with Bina. And then you're going to have Das. And then Zer Anpin is going to be the body itself. And then Zer Anpin is going to be the torso itself. And Malchus is going to be the lowest level, is going to be the place Place where the body expresses itself, the makum or the zman or the makabel in which the person expresses themselves. So you have the essential principles, which are the partsufim of keser, chachma, bina, zer anpin, or atik yoimin, abba, ima, and zer anpin. And then you have the partsuf of malchus, which again seems to just be the makabapatish. It seems to be the lowest element of something. So we have Malchus Dein Sof that reveals itself in Malchus to Adam Kadmoin, in Adam Hakudim, and then it reveals itself in. Malchus of Atzilus. Now, Malchus of Atzilus is, again, like we said, it's the lowest part of Atzilus, but it also is operating at the bridge of connecting the world of Atzilus to the worlds that are below it, to the worlds of Briyatsir and Asiya, to the worlds of absolute separation, to the worlds where the lights of expression, where Keser, Chachma, Bina, Zeranpen can't express themselves because they'll be too polluted there. They don't have the capacity to maintain their inner essence there because they have something. But Malchus, which is laced the Megameklum, is able to break through the barrier in the worlds of separation and descend down into the worlds of separation where Malchus descends, descends down all the way down into the Siros of the Kalipas Noga, and it goes into a place of it goes into a place of Ragle Yardemavis, it goes into a place of death, it goes into a place of Kira, it goes into a place of Apikorsis, it goes into a place of Dichaon, of sadness, of hopelessness, of all of the difficult places that a person finds themselves in, in the speechlessness of the self, and the loneliness and the isolation of the self, and the fears of the self. All of those places are malchus, all of the night times of the self, all of those moments of concealment or fear that a person feels in this world as a creature of a Kaddish Baruch. Hu, prior to HaKadosh Baruch Hu fully revealing himself. And it's in this place that Malchus descends down, down, down into it becomes exactly where we experience ourselves. Malchus, the Malchus, the Asiya, the lowest, lowest place, the Dir B'tach 
the dear Betachtoinim, as the Balatanya describes in Parak Lamed Vav, the Hastara Shabbatoicha Hastara, as Rabbi Nachman describes, the Oilam Haasiya, that's Nasun Besoich Hanachash, as the Rashash describes. It's this place, Bazois, Bazois, in this place. But it's also when we look at reality and we look at our ability to process reality, it's from the very bottom that we're going to pick ourselves up again. It's from the very bottom that we're going to begin to ascend back upwards. And the entire tachlis of Bria is not for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to simply reveal his light down here and to create something. But our job is to, as creation, bring that light back up to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Ayin told the joke. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told the joke and he allowed it to manifest as Ani. And our job is to be that Ani and to bring it back to Ayin even higher than it originally happened. That Malchus is the lowest of the low, but it's also going to go to the highest of the high. Malchus, because it can function down here, because it is down here, because it's what it means to function as a Yid in this moment in history, as ourselves in this moment of today. That because that's the, the place where the rubber hits the road, where the feet hit the ground, where the Raglayim hit the ground, where a person truly experiences themselves, that's going to be the Iker place of Emuna. And this place is 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 rooted in such a lofty place that it's inaccessible to the mind to fully grasp. The same way that when I gaze and I penetrate at the depths of existence, I come to a place of and and at the end of the day, it's it's built upon water and there's no stability and it's that anxiety a person feels. What we said already is that that's rooted in the loftiest place of the secret of faith, where you're right, it's above and beyond any rational grasp of reason of this, that, or the other thing. But ultimately, it's rooted in a place of Amuna B'Sharasho and Malchus De Ensof, and what appears to be below down here in Malchus and Amuna, which is the lowest of all spiritual attributes, which seems to be below learning, below Tfila, below all of the positive things we can feel, bitachon and and hiskabrus and, and self-esteem, et cetera, et cetera, all of those positive attributes in Avedis Hashem. Emuna appears to be that thing that a person falls onto when they have nothing else left. But the fact that it's what remains after there's nothing else left hints to the fact that in truth it's rooted in the loftiest of places. And that Malchus the Malchus the Asiya, in the lowest place, as it descends down into the worlds of the Klippus Naida, God forbid, as it finds itself stuck in the Kalim of the Nefesh of Bahamas, as it finds itself stuck in the Shigayon of the mind, in the Bilbul Hadas, in the day to day, in the confusion of the mind, in the Ulai, in the Sveikos. It's specifically from there that a person begins to pick themselves up again and to be ma'or themselves back up and to realize that malchus malchus that this ani, this ani hatachton, this sense of self that causes me so much difficulty and causes me so much distance from myself and from a Kaddish Baruch Hu is in truth a reflection of the ayin ha'elyon. And I can then slowly but surely go back from malchus to malchus ta'asiyah to malchus ta'asiyah. And then I can go back to the malchus of oilam ha'yitzira. And then from there I can go back to the Kesser of Malchus uh, of Olam HaYitzir, which is the Malchus of Olam Abriya. And then I can go back to the Kesser of Olam Abriya, which is the Malchus of Olam HaAtzilus. And then I can go back from the Malchus of Olam HaAtzilus, which is where we're going to now discuss where that comes from. So the Malchus of Olam HaAtzilus is where we're going to really come upon the secret of the Malchus Agnus Because in Shar Yud Gimel, in Shar Yud Gimel and Eitzchayim Kadisha, when describing the Teisha Hechalun that exists in the world of Kesser, when describing the, the nine chambers that are not really chambers, the spaces that are not really spaces, the compartments that are not really compartments, the measurements that are not really measurements, again, neither one giving up its claim to reality, but both softening the other so that they can coexist, non-existent existence, placeless places, timeless time, et cetera, et cetera. When discussing these nine chambers of Kesser, 
So the Arizal brings that in truth, these are the nine spheros Hasharashios Shal Arachanpin. These were the nine spheros that created Arachanpin. Now, like we said, Every partsif is composed of 10 spheros because the secret of a partsif is the coalescence of those non-integrated points to allow them to form together to create a whole that is greater than the sum total of its parts. But in And so therefore, every partsif has to have 10 spheros. But in Arach Anpin, what we see is that it only has nine spheros. It has the spheros of Chachma, Bina, Chachma, Bina, Das, it has these nine spheros in Arachanpin. But the question is, where is the tenth sphero? Where is Malchus in Arachanpin? Where is Malchus in Arachanpin? And Rabbi Nachman describes this in, in the most profound way. And we're going to be touching upon Rabbi Nachman's Torah and Chafdalid, the entirety of these shirim. And again, like I said, this week's shir is much more the, the details necessary so that we can properly descend down into the sugya. But... The question is, where is Malchus in the world of, of Kesser? Where is Malchus in the parts of Avarachanpin? And what the Arizal writes in Shariud Gimel is that, in truth, the Malchus of Arachanpin is rooted in the parts of Atik Yoimin, which is Reshad Lois Yoda. Like we spoke about last week, Kesser has two Chalakim, Atik Yoimin and Arachanpin. Atik Yoimin represents the Kesser of the Kesser, the lowest part of the higher, and Arachanpin represents the highest part of the lower. Atik Yoimin, Viho Azmin, Atik Yoimin, the ancient days, Atika Kadisha, that which is removed from grasp, that which is unintelligible to the mind due to its ancient nature, yet still present in the mind and its very essence and present in every fabric of oneself where they realize that experience is always older than what we think it is and that we carry millennia with Within us, and that we carry infinitude within us. This secret of Atik Yoimin, of being taken from a place so far beyond human logic, so far beyond human comprehension, that we can never even begin to contemplate the depths and the essence of anything. So Atik Yoimin is Reshad Lois Yada. Reshad Lois Yada is the highest mind available in our understanding of what it means to be a human being with the faculties of contemplation as mapped onto the territory of the way that a Kaddish Baruch created the world. Like we said, through the lens of the Baal Shem Tov, everything that Arizal said in terms of the ontology of existence is true in terms of the psychology of existence. The Baal Shem Tov is not saying, let's not take the words of the, Siri, of the Arizal seriously anymore because it's too high for us. That's one of the ways that the Baal Shem Tov was able to get his message across, but that's not the essence. The essence is that the Baal Shem Tov was being Megala, a new chilek of the Torah of the Arizal and the secret of the Chamisha Yechide Hadoros who draw down the Torah of Pnimiya Satorah in a new way the Baal Shem Tov was drawing the light of Pnimiya Satorah of the system of the Arizal further and further down into the self to the point that the self can now be understood in the context of the Seder Shtalshalos the loftiest place where we come to know that we know absolutely nothing is Reish Lois Yadah that's Atik Yoimin then there's Arachanpin which is the Avira Dachia and the Butsina de Kardinusa the Golgalta and the moichestima, the cranium with the concealed pocket of air in the mind, all of these profound, profound teachings that we'll go into, the architectonics of the mind in the world of the Arizal is so profound and it's such a, a tool needed to enter into the gateways of imagination and dveikus and emuna and bitachon and be'ezr sashem will be zochet to get to all of this. But suffice it to say that Arach Anpin is the lower part of Kesar, Atagemin is the higher part of Kesar. And so answering up on where the missing Malchus from Arach Anpin is, where it's only nine Sirus Asherashios missing Malchus, so the Arizal says, because Malchus is Gonus Beradla. Malchus is Gonus Beradla. Malchus is really rooted in the loftiest place in Radla. Now, how could that be? Now, the Arizal doesn't go into this, and there were very few tzaddikim who really delved down deep enough into the sugya, the Kamarna being one of them. 
but nobody like Rabbi Yitzhak Meyer Morgenstern Shlita in the history of existence has dived deeper and deeper into the sugya of Malchus Agnuza Biradla, trying to understand and clarify in his writings, in his shirim, in the way that the tzaddik expresses himself, in the way that the tzaddik is. The secret of Malchus Agnuza Biradla is it undergoes a full, full treatment in the writings of the tzaddikim in our generation. And the Indian is that, exactly like we said, that Malchus is the lowest expression. Malchus is what appears to be bare. Malchus is what appears to be an ani. Malchus is what appears to be devoid of meaning. But in truth, it's specifically that place which is in truth rooted in Reisha de Lois Yoda. Reisha de Lois Yoda is also unknowable. It's also an unknowable head. It's also something that cannot be grasped. It also ends in a place of bewilderment and confusion and forces one into a muna. But it's not an amuna that is unwilling to descend into wisdom. It's not an ignorance that says, okay, if I'm not going to know anything in the end of the day, I'm not going to try and know. But rather, after all is said and done, and I try and know, and I try and know, and I try and know, and I try and grasp everything, I come back to a place of Malchus Agnuza Bradla. I come back to a place of Reish Lois Yada, that at the end of the day, every moment of knowledge leads to the depth of knowledge, which is coming to a place of limitation of the human being, which is that I can't truly ever know anything. And this is the secret of David Malka Mashicha. This is the secret of Malchus Agnuza Bradla. David Amelech, like we said, David Amelech, like we said, is ani ani ani. Right, I'm poor, I'm impoverished, I'm stuck, I'm wandering. My feet dangle in death. But at the very same point, David Amelka Mashiach is the one who represents Mashiach Zidkenu. The one who represents the, the full culmination of existence, that Adam was the beginning of the process that descended into exile, then it moves through David, and then it comes to Mashiach, which is Adam, Adam David Mashiach, that this sugya of Malchus Agnus Bradla is all that there ever has been. And this secret of Malchus Agnus Allah teaches us that that which appears to be most devoid, that which appears to be most concealed, that which appears to be most empty, is in truth rooted in the loftiest of places. And they bear the biggest opportunity for us to uncover the light of HaKadosh Baruch Hu there, in those moments, in those moods. The Arizal also says in Shah HaKlalim, a very interesting Nakuda that Ravaria Kaplan brings down in, in, in this specific context. But the Arizal asks a question, asks a question because it seems that it seems that the Arizal says, I'm sorry, that in the beginning of the Seder Eshtalshlus, in the beginning of Seder Eshtalshlus, Malchus was in the place of Keser. And the reason for that is so that it can go back up to Keser, that it can go back up to Keser. And the Mephorshim asked, the Afeshah, the Shem and Sassan, they both asked the question, when was Malchus ever by Keser? When was Malchus ever by Keser? We never find the place where Malchus is by Keser. We know Aniva Ayin, we know that Malchus and Keser are one and the same, but where do we find that Malchus itself was rooted in Keser? And none of them come on to the answer because it wasn't time for that answer to be revealed. But the Pashat Pshat is that because Malchus is Gunus Baradla. The origination of Malchus, the origination of manifestation, the origination of that which will be expressed in some finite manifest way is ultimately rooted in the most infinite place, in the highest place of Rashid Lois Yada, where we come to realize that we can't know anything, which means that everything that we'll think we can know is ultimately rooted in a place of that which we can't know as we're going to see, which is the secret of David Melech, which is the secret of, of Malchus. But, says the Arizal, the reason for Malchus being rooted in Kesar, meaning, as we're saying, the reason for Malchus being rooted in Reish Lois Yada is so that in the future, when Malchus has to go back up, it will have an easier time going back up to Radla.
Because according to what we're saying, it's the same thing. That when a person encounters themselves in the lowest place where it appears to be devoid of content, devoid of meaning, in that ragla it's specifically there that a person can, in the blink of an eye, return back to come to realize that the the, the lack of feeling and the lack of intensity that I feel right now and the lack of his that I feel right now, yes, it feels empty, but it's not an emptiness that is devoid of contents. It's an emptiness that's filled with content. Reishad Lois Yada and Malchus, both of them don't know. Both of them don't know. But the difference is that there's one that's a non-knowing out of sadness and there's one that's a not knowing out of wonder and joy. Reishad Lois Yada is the not knowing and ultimately finding comfort in the fact that I don't know anything but you, Rabbana Shalaylam. And it's that place of Amun, it's that place of Tshuva that can take the fallen Malchus, the Evan Maswa Banim, and bring it back up to, to the Rosh Pina. It's a secret of Eishas Chayel Ataris Baila. And it's a secret of Amuna, Because as we see in Sichos Aran, Ois Aleph, that David Amela says, Ki ani adati Hashem. Ani adati. I know. I know that a Kaddish Baruch Hu is great. Why does David Amela say, Ani adati? Because Dr. Bin Nachman, that David Amela understood that I understand Hashem in a way that nobody else could understand Hashem. And that's true for each and every person. Each and every person understands Hashem in a way that no other person can understand Hashem. But even the person themselves can't explain to themselves <laughs> who Hashem is to them. I can't even explain to myself because even my amuna is rooted in amuna. My malchus, my feeling of having some need to choose to believe in HaKadosh Baruch Hu because I can't grasp it as if amuna is a secondary option when rationality falls away is in truth rooted in the highest place of incommunicability to anybody, even myself, because the greatness of HaKadosh Baruch Hu is so big. The secret of Rashid Lawasyada, the secret of the unknowable head is the secret that in truth, in truth, Achain Kelmastatra, Akadish Baruch is a concealed God, Akadish Baruch hides himself, but he hides himself in plain sight. He hides himself in plain sight, he hides himself in existence itself. He hides himself in the very revelation of existence itself, and the very moment-to-moment -moment awareness of processes as they unfold within the self, as they unfold within moment-to-moment -moment reality, is the very fabric of where Akadish Baruch's infinite light can be found. Right here, right now, right here, right now, take it from Yad, in this place. That's the secret of Malchus Agnuz Baradla. That everything that feels devoid of meaning is ultimately rooted in the highest level of meaninglessness, in the Sreik of Purim, in the secret of Purim, in the Adiloyada. Bezer Sashem, when we're able to transform the moments of Malchus, of Ani, and take the Malchus, the Malchus, the Asiya, back up to the Malchus of Yitzir, back up to the, the Keser of Oilam HaAsiya, which is the Malchus of Oilam HaYitzira, then back up to the Keser of Oilam HaYitzira, which is the Malchus of Oilam Abriya, then back up to the Keser of Oilam Abriya, which is the Malchus of Oilam HaAtzilas, then back up to the Keser of Oilam HaAtzilas, which is going to be the Malchus of Adam Kadmain, all the way back up to the Malchus de Insof, with the recognition of Malchus, Malchus Kalilamim, we reveal the Tesefes Kishut, we reveal the Malchus of Akadosh Baruch Hu even more so, and we bring our Ani back up to Ayin to reveal the Ani Hashem Lokechem even more. And Be'ezra Sashem, we should be Zoycha to learn the Sugya of Reisha Agnuzabra, uh, the Malchus Agnuzabra Adla, and the, the Radla Bader Klal, and it should be Moiros Techuva, it should be Moira each and every person to find their own Malchus and to uncover that Muna that they have in Akadosh Baruch Hu at each and every moment in their lives. Be'ezra Sashem. The music is by Zusha. For more from the Shefa Podcast Network, visit our Facebook page and please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. <laughs>